What's up, everybody? It's Eric. And Matt. And we're here today. We, uh, on our last episode, we um, talked a little bit about, um, what was it? Uh, what was the last one? We were Time Spiral. Yeah, and we were talking, about, we were looking forward towards Strixhaven. To Strixhaven. So the last time we were with you, <laughs> we talked about uh, Time Spiral and uh, Strixhaven. Front, front, front. And um, so Strixhaven has since come out, and and we've put a good amount of money into Strixhaven. I mean, I I personally have put hundreds. Li- yeah, literally like four hundred dollars. Why am I so dumb? Because you you got um, you just bought a collector's box, correct? Correct. And what'd you get before that? I got a <clears throat> full uh, theme boosters box, and then just a, a box of draft boosters, which. I mean, for theme my, booster box or set booster box? Set boosters. Okay. I, I say for my money, out of all three of them, the set booster box was the funnest because it's got it's got the art cards. It's got yep. you have the chance to get a bunch of mythic rares or rares or at least uncommons, mm-hmm. and then on top of that, you have a chance to get a list card. And in that oh. in that oh, in that thing, I got let's see, I got. A uh, borderless extended art um, Professor Onyx, and I got a yeah. tainted pact, and I got you know some cool <clears throat> list cards. There was a lot of stuff in that one that I liked a lot, and for a hundred dollars, it felt like you really couldn't beat it. Which is why I came back and I spent another hundred on the draft boosters at my local game store. And, and it's nice to see the set booster price coming back to meet the draft booster price. Mm-hmm. Well, originally it was because... Because it was more for less. Yeah. But you were kind of guaranteed better stuff. No, not guaranteed. There was a chance. The, the the probability breakdown was you were paying like a dollar more per pack, but your chances of getting something cooler, plus the list cards was there. Yeah, exactly. It was more of a gamble, and that's kind of... But what now for the out. same price, like depending on what kind of a collector you are... Yeah! Like, that's... <laughs> those is the same price is pretty cool. Well, yeah, but the reason for that was because they didn't come out initially with the draft boosters for Strixhaven. So they, they were late with those, and I think that's why the price was so low for right. the set. Either way... Strixhaven's pretty cool, though. Oh, yeah, Strixhaven... This is probably the coolest one since Ikoria. F- between, between drafting and just the cards themselves, like... In a limited or uh, an un... I don't know what the other term is. Unlimited? In a... In either... Oh, yes. In either environment, it's going to be fun. Magecraft is a really interesting uh, keyword that they've kind of made the focus of this set. And it really... It actually rewards you for taking the the interesting uh, risks when you're drafting with all these mystical archive cards... You have a lot... I mean, Time Spiral. Time Spiral is in... Time Spiral? Is that what I wanted to say? Whatever, one of the... There's an extra turn spell (laughs) in the Mystical Archives, and I just think that's so interesting. I got it on Arena, actually, and I used it, and the two times I drew it... Arena Draft? Yeah. A Strixhaven? Yes. And in the two times I drew it, I mean, it was useless, but it's still so cool to me that there's an extra turn spell. I mean, it's not like... All runs in Epiphany, which is annoying to play in, against in standard. But anyways, I really like this set a lot. Eric really likes this set a lot. Yeah. 
it's been a lot of fun, and it's just really cool from like a collector standpoint and from a player standpoint. So we we kind of talked. It's funny because this thing that we're kind of talking about today, and then we'll talk more about it. Um, but we've like it, it's been for some time. Like once Matt started to get into Commander, he was much more into Commander than I really ever was. Um, I don't. I've built one Commander deck that's a Lesnia deck. Oh yeah, you hated that. It just, oh, I mean, it was my first go building a Commander deck, and that's a you know the builds for those are a lot different than standard. Well, and so I, it had a lot of opportunities. I feel. I like, think it's one like a game. Yeah, I feel like if you want to get into Commander, one of the better bets besides just buying a precon and like maybe looking up how to improve it is uh, this guy Mitch. Uh, a lot of people in the, the bitch. Yeah, no, that's not his name. A lot of people. Mitch the bitch. Okay, he's a nice guy. A lot of people in the uh, MTG community and just um, bitches in commander, general. Well, not bitches, but commander players would kind of synonymous. But he, they, they really look up to him, and he's got a really great knowledge of the game. Um, and what I did actually for my first commander uh, deck that I built. Was I really wanted to build a Thassa of the Thassa Deep Dwelling because I got one out of um, the fucking bounce card. Yeah, crazy card. Bitch. I, I managed to draft one somehow at a, when a friend was doing a draft night at his house, and I was like, "What? This card is so cool!" Oh. At first, I was like, "I don't understand." Like, I didn't get how good of a card it was, and then I realized, like, "Oh God!" For those of you who don't know. Just reading the card in general, it's like, well, that's kind of weird, but then you pile it with a bunch of triggers, and now you're fucked. Exactly. Thassa Deep Dwelling is a god card from the Theros Beyond Death set. Good is, expansion. Yeah, decent. It's a... Better uh, than Eldraine. Oh, God, you're just so wrong about that. Eldraine is shit. Eldraine is controversial because of all of the busted cards in it, but it's a really cool... Fuck Eldraine! ...set. Idiot. Anyways... Still my favorite set. Um, but but uh, Theros Beyond Death. The, the Thassa card, it's a... It's a 6-5 uh, enchantment creature... Legendary enchantment creature. God. God. Uh, indestructible. Indestru- indestructible. Three uncolored and a blue. And it has... A, um, That's the thing. The cost is way too low. It's pretty low. It should be like six at least. But it's an enchantment creature, so it comes in as an enchantment unless your devotion to blue... What's ten? Eight? Five. That's that's what's really bad about it. Devotion means the amount of... Both of those numbers can't be that low. It either needs to cost more with a low devotion or have a low devotion with with a... Or have well, a low cost with a high devotion. I would argue that the devotion part of it is, like, not that big of a deal. There's ways around an indestructible creature, especially one that isn't immediately a creature. But it's just... It, that, plus its ability to blink anything at the end... Any creature at the end of your turn mm. is really strong. Yep. Getting back to what I was saying, it's a, it's a strong card. I would look it up if you're interested, but basically... What I ended up doing was I wanted I, – I saw this card and I thought, that's really cool. That's a good card. And it's interesting. <clears throat> I want to make a deck around this. So I looked into it and Mitch actually had a deck list that was pretty good. And what's really nice about him is that he usually has a video to go along with his deck lists that 
go into the cards that he's putting in and why. And how to eventually turn everything into Scoot Swarm. No, that's your thing. <laughs> um, but then on top of that, Mitch also had a quote-unquote break the bank episode of that oh. same deck where he goes into... Break a, my ass. Break my dick. He goes into a few uh, suggestions of if you have the capital to improve this deck a little bit, here are some suggestions. So I, I looked at that video, I looked at the initial video, and then I looked at my collection, and I kind of... Bought everything. Took some stuff. No, I really didn't buy that much for that deck. Well, I bought an... Uh, eh, I really didn't buy that much. <laughs> but I, I was able to put some stuff in that I wanted that he didn't necessarily suggest, but I thought would be cool but also put in most of the stuff that his list contained. Mm -hmm. And honestly, that's the only deck that I've... I mean, I haven't built a lot of Commander decks, but that's the only deck that I've I've won with when I've played the few times I've played with other people. Um, it's a really strong deck, and it's been a lot of fun. So I would suggest to you, Eric, and to anyone else out there who is thinking about getting into Commander, but is kind of scared because there's a lot that goes into it, I would suggest just... Doing some research, I would look into Mitch's channel. I would look into uh, the Command Zone, one of the more popular... EDH Rec, always. EDH Rec is amazing, and I love that site. Um, but, but yeah, just do some research. There's yeah, a lot so, of t helpful tools out there. Absolutely. So once Matt got more into Commander, we tried it out a couple times. We bought a few pre-con Commander decks. Um, I eventually ended up selling mine. Uh, it, it just really wasn't for me, and, and I think probably the problem was the fact that Matt and I play one-on-one <coughs> -on -one so much, and, and Commander is not built for one-on-one -on -one whatsoever. It's not <coughs> unplayable, it's just not really it's what just, it's built for. The, it's, once a person gets an advantage, it's really hard to stop it, where in Standard, it's, it, you, know, you can have a really strong card swing the deck. Uh, in Commander, it may not be as easy. Well, not only that, but there's a lot of cards that you put into a Commander deck that are meant for a four-person format. Right, because you're expecting it has like opponent triggers and things like that. So when it's one-on-one, -on -one, it's a lot harder. So for me, I, I didn't like Commander that much. Matt still wanted to play it. So one of the things that we've done a few times, and we've kind of talked about it, because we now have, Jesus, I think we have almost every... Since the first time you played Commander and kind of introduced us to it, I think we own every pre-con Commander deck that's come out since no, then. No, definitely not. But between the two What haven't us, we bought? A lot of them. Because for each... Mm. For, no, 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 listen. For each big Commander release, there's usually like four or five decks. I haven't really bought most of them. You've bought a number of them. Commander but... 2020 was the one where we got like three or four of the five. But but on top of that, they've also switched. So what they used so they, to... they they've stopped doing planeswalker decks yeah, and, they've and they've started, started doing, doing decks. but because it's been Kaldheim, uh, Commander Legends, now Strixhaven slash Commander Double 2021. Master. Well, I don't know if Double Masters had a commander, it but didn't. there's Ikoria. Had a commander, right? They had a bunch, actually. I think we bought those, though. Uh, you bought Kethril and Gavi, maybe. And I don't, I don't know if I <laughs> ended up getting any. I know I bought a couple Brawl decks. I, I bought the one Brawl yeah, deck. Yeah, we've done some Brunt decks. But one thing we've done is we, we have played two-on-two -two games. Because mm -hmm. we, we have now this excessive amount of pre-con decks. And we may have done a two-on-two -one, -two one day where we each had our own that we built, plus a pre-con. 
Uh, but we've but we've done that. And then on the last podcast when we were like we were talking about time spiral, we were talking about battle styles. But we meant we like alluded to Strixhaven, and we were kind of talking about the potential of getting all five commanders because it was Strixhaven that was tied into the Commander Twenty Twenty One, and they were going to do five commander decks, one for each college. And we talked about doing a five commander game. I was the one who brought it up. So like, let's do a five commander game. And Matt was like, that's fucking insane. No way. And I said, but we each pick two colleges. And then there's a neutral college that we share. And each upkeep, it sweeps. Well, we and didn't necessarily know what the mechanic was going to uh, be. But no, no, yeah, but, yeah, but there was one that we shared. We didn't, we didn't yeah. have the rules set beforehand. But we said there was one that we shared. And it's archived in our last episode. Go listen to it, or you're a fuckface. Um, yeah, he's not wrong. And we said, you know what, what, let's not... Maybe that's something like that kind of tripped you to... That might be interesting. Um, so we started to look into the Commander decks. I found on Amazon uh, a pretty cheap deck at the time. I think it was 160 for all five. Yeah, when it, was typically four, so it was basically like five for the price of four. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, depending on how the market shakes out a week or so after the release, there's probably going to... I haven't looked at the prices. I think Prismari is one that's really big because of the Varen Voice of Duality or whatever it's called. But usually there's one or two pre-con decks that just have, whether it's the Commander or it's a few cards in the deck itself that are just, like, game-breakingly good. But there becomes a scarcity because of demand for one or two of the five decks that come out every every year and so Eric was just like you know I'm going to I'm going to beat beat him to the punch this time I'm going to buy all five I'm going to see how we like them and then depending on go how good or bad we can sell them or whatever so we wound up so I I pre-ordered all five and then I don't even really remember the conversation <laughs> Um, where, where I don't even really remember the conversation where you and I broke down who would get what deck. It was it was basically. I think it was after that podcast we probably discussed it, mm-hmm. but we were already so fucked. But we were both we both kind of had an idea. I I didn't really know, but I was kind of like, uh, I think Eric and I are both kind of want, gonna want the black and white because we both like the colors black and right. white. So that was like the natural pick for. The share deck, because it's each one. It's probably the only one that we each would have been like, "I want that." Yeah, and I pretty much wanted to try every single college except probably Laurel Hold because red and white are probably my two least favorite colors. Right. Um, well, and, and red and blue, I probably wouldn't have thought you to be red and blue if it wasn't for the fact that in the every tournament we've ever done with decks that we've built. You always seem to have an is it deck, mm-hmm. and red and blue on their own are not your favorite. But when you combine those, you always seem to build something with it. Mm-hmm. So that's why I kind of threw Prismari your way, because uh, in the beginning, <coughs> do, you want, do you want another one? Uh, I'm like halfway done right now. In the beginning, <coughs> like I was hardcore red more than anything. Yep, Still, and now it's it's shifted <coughs> more to white. But and you don't love I was like primary red, secondary white, have gone primary white, secondary black, and have fallen out of love with red more each expansion. 
Yeah, um, you just gotta. And but but like you individually, because typically when we build decks in these expansions, like Matt does a lot more, like combo decks, and I basically do mono decks. Um, oh, you mean colors? Like color wise, oh, okay. like you're you're more prone to building a multicolored deck than I am. I typically separate everything by color, build a deck within that color, and that's it. It's really interesting because Eric does not love Magic: The Gathering, but he's definitely got a brain for the game, and I am really into it. And I would say I have an okay mind for the game, but I'm more just into like trends and what i'm seeing is good and like you know what i think is good but eric will be able to sit down with any deck even if somebody built it for him 10 minutes ago and and look at his hand of seven and be like okay so this is the game plan here's what i have to do right now and sometimes it takes him like 15 minutes to take a turn but that's because he's weighing all the different options and more often than not he picks the correct one so it's interesting to see how how we both shake out in that regard. Yeah, um, so looking at the colleges, we like you said, we thought Silver Quill is the one we definitely have to share because Black-White is the only combination that you and I almost always will go towards. Yeah. And then is it is something you've leaned more towards? In um, building stuff. Just because it's... I mean, it's a good spell-slinging one, and usually spell-slinging has a lot <clears throat> of power to it, so... And you kind of threw... And, and to me, like, also, like, you kind of claimed Witherbloom black green oh yeah for sure and and black green have been more your forte since like day one of us oh yeah i remember so that was almost assuredly yours yeah one of the first things that i was ever considering building was was black green just because i had a decent number of golgari cards back in the day when we started and i was like oh this i don't really know anything about this but that's kind of cool and even even playing more and more now black green is is a pretty decent combination for me and you really threw lore hold my way yeah, because... And I was kind of resistant because red. I hate, like, I'm anti-red so hard the last several expansions because it's gotten worse each one. Yeah. Spoiler but you're like, alert. but you're like, hey, asshole, if anyone's <laughs> going to take a white-red deck, you have the track record that shows you have to take a white-red deck. Yeah, and not only that, but it's also all of these schools are supposed to act a little bit different than their normal combinations right. would have them. And spoiler alert, he fucking won with the Laurel Hold deck. So, <laughs> nah, that's not true. Yes, it is. Um, I'm going to go piss. Keep talking. And then um, Quantrix is one that, that's blue-green that's kind of funny because... We both kind of had our eyes on that one, but I was also like, that's like going to be the strongest one probably. So <laughs> It's just so weird because like when we first started playing... Like... Black kind of went... We each kind of had an interest in black. We... And I was much more heavy into white, but he kind of liked white. I was way more into red. He was indifferent on red. I hated green. He really loved green. And we both wanted to like blue, but we both kind of hated blue. And... I I was kind of quicker to come around to blue as a solo deck, and he was more blue can be something as a duo deck. Um, and I for me, like I would not be opposed to being like, oh man, I'm primary blue, but I just can't I can't get into it. Um, over time. 
as we've played, and especially like uh, we were just talking about Commander. So I've built one Commander deck. It's a white-green. I've been building another Commander deck for like eight months. It's a mono-green. So I've come around to green over time. I've always kind of wanted to dabble in blue, and, and, and Matt's been more... Blue as a duo, not as a solo. Yeah, because solo mono blue sucks. I mean, it's not it's not necessarily bad. It's just stupid and annoying and boring to play against. So when we were just looking at the breakdown, you know, silver quill was the obvious one for us to share. Black white, wither bloom, black green was obviously him. Despite my resistance, white red lore hold was me historically, and. <laughs> I've kind of always, despite my interest in red early on, I've always hated Izzet decks. Matt's been more prone to building them, so that went to him. And because of my my more leniency towards blue and coming into green, Quandrix wound up as mine. Um, Green-blue, based off Matt's better knowledge of the game, is usually one of the stronger color combinations. Oh my god, Simic is fucking ridiculous. Man, it's so bullshit. Um, but the assumption was I probably wouldn't know as best how to play it, but we also didn't know what the hell these were going to do. So our breakdown was, let's get all five decks, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to play this five-commander game, and like I said, we've done two-on-two commander decks right where we're sitting right now before. Um, and those have been sometimes very long games, but they've been fun. Yeah. And and it's, you know, who can ramp, who can get stuff on the board, and then who can start to attack, who had what... One deck is the one that's not ramping or getting stuff on the board the quickest. And it, it becomes it, obvious and you attack the shit out of yeah. it. Now that person's screwed because eventually it becomes 2-1-1 and you have no hope. Well, that's what I was going to get to next is Eric and I, I would say, if you were going to put us both in a category... Well, I don't know about him, but I would say at the very least if you were going to put me into a category of players in the Timmy Johnny Spike Matrix... What the fuck is that? Okay, we're going to go into this real quick. I think we've. I think you and I have talked about this. Yeah, um, a while ago, R and D research and development at Wizards of the Coast decided that the best way to break down player types for the game of Magic: The Gathering is into three supposed personas. And I'm just going to paraphrase. This. this might have even been our first podcast. I have no. It feels idea. like I'm having like major dungeon A Deja vu right now. So, Timmy's... I almost said rendezvous, but we're already here, so that wouldn't make any sense. Fucking John Malkovic over here. Maltovich. Uh, So, anyway... Fucking moron! (laughs) I'm gonna go piss while you explain this. Okay. I know we've had this conversation. Oh, yeah. At least between you and I. But I want to hear it over the sound of my dribbling here. Excellent. Timmy, Johnny, Spike. Timmy's are the personification of the player who enjoys big flashy spells they like the idea of really interesting fun big crazy cards <clears throat> something like you know a coma uh serpent cosmo serpent or um a dance of the manse or uh, one of these new uh, co- uh, strixhaven college cards that have a bunch of different stuff on them but they play for the big plays, and that's like what they do. They're interesting, simple, interesting in the sense that it's like, oh, that catches my eye kind of card. But simple kind of play style, but they, they have fun just going 
for the big spells. Uh, and you know, I might not get all of this correct, so I apologize. Uh, Johnnies are players who they they get a lot out of the game in the sense that they build interesting, uh, weird, different kind of black sheep style decks where they're trying to win in a interesting but different way. Um, I'm not entirely sure of a great example of that. Playing goofy commanders like uh, uh, Norin the Wary, for instance, you know, it's it's a mono- charmed stray. Charmed, no, <laughs> just goofy, interesting. You know, play, march by the beat of my own drum kind of players. And then there's Spike, and I would say Eric is kind of responsible for me becoming a Spike just by <laughs> us being the only other person we've played Magic against when we started. And a spike is somebody who just wants to win. A spike is somebody who plays whatever that's going to give them the advantage. A spike is somebody who will play another person's deck if they think it's good enough to win. And that's kind of the whole idea. So you've got. So the you're person, a spike? I would say that we're both, in terms of what we want to do, if you're going to actually break it down, break it down, I don't know that I fit into any category, but I would say I'm probably like a Johnny Spike. And I would say you're just Spike. You just want to fucking win. You do stupid shit sometimes that makes you happy, but it's always, you know, like like your Basri Ket deck, it, it still fucking won. It was stupid mono-white nonsense. How was it stupid? It was stupid mono-white nonsense, but it still, it still won the tournament that we did. And, and because of that, I think that's why I became... Because generally speaking, I'm not a very competitive person. I, I just want to have fun when I'm doing things, which is the Johnny in me. I want to be interesting and have a fun kind of off-meta build a lot of the time. But when it comes down to it, when I'm sitting in my room stoned as shit playing Magic the, Magic the Gathering Arena, I want to dumpster these fucking kids by playing my Coma the Cosmos Serpent deck on brawl that's the kind of shit that i like all right so that's what i mean when i say eric and i are both kind of spikes i don't even remember where what what this have got into that yeah Uh, yeah so eric's done being by the way clearly if i was still going right now it'd be a massive problem yes um so uh, so we've we've done two one two decks before we got drunk into the podcast. I said, "Let's buy all fucking five of these things, let and let's do what we each control two, which we've done. We've done two one two, and then let's have a fifth one. Let's get all five in there where we share it." He said, "Okay, that might be interesting." I said, "All right, cool. Let's do it." I ordered them. We got it. Um, we once they arrived, <coughs> uh, we eventually had a conversation about how that fifth one would work. So. The agreement kind of was at each upkeep, somebody would, you know, the, the first go-round, every deck's first turn, somebody would own that deck first, and then through each upkeep, at the, at the upkeep of that deck, it would change hands. Um, so the first thing that we wanted to do, instead of just getting, okay, all cool, all five decks are here, let's just go play this massive five-commander game. Um, we did, like we've talked about before, we set up a tournament. Uh, we we had all five decks, and we did a one on one round robin. So it's ten games. Each deck plays every other deck with five decks. That would be 
ten games. And this is the the, the level of Eric's neuroticism. He actually put it into a random number generator, whatever thing, to make sure that to to, to decide the seating, you know, of the of the initial bracket. Just how we play it. So the only thing I did was, so we each had two decks that we claimed ownership to. Matt was uh, Witherbloom and Prismari, and I was. Lorehold and Quandrix and Silverquill was the share. Now, what's interesting is before we even got the Commander decks in, we went to pre-release weekend for Strixhaven and uh, did some drafting with that. Um, the first day that we went, we went the day that it came out. You got uh, Silverquill, and I got Prismari. This was free for all; like it didn't matter what our allegiances were with the Commander. Yeah, we were just trying to figure out. We how just wanted to be. play the decks. Yeah. Um, and Matt shit on my balls with that one. Yeah, that was fucking crazy. Um, a couple days later, we got a Witherbloom and Lorehold pre-release pack. And then we decided to switch. Uh, because Lorehold was mine, and Witherbloom was Matt's. In the tournament. In the commander rig. So he took the Lorehold, uh, pre-release pack, and I took Witherbloom, and he... I think it was 2-1 to one instead of 2-0. to zero. We usually play best of three in those things. Uh, but still, he beat me in that one either way. Um, so for me, it was like, well, I'm getting my shit pushed in, but his decks are losing, but these cards are cool. Let's see what happens. Um, so it played out crazy. Um, but Saturday, we, we um, decided to sit down and play the five commander game. Uh, at that point, we had already finished the round-robin portion of the 101 commander decks. And what we had done with the commander deck 101 was, if there was ever a matchup where it was his deck versus my deck, we owned our own deck. For the Silver Quill games, which that was the shared deck, whoever was, whoever owned the deck Silver Quill was playing, the other person played it. That way we each had an opportunity to see every deck so, for instance, the first game was Silver Quill versus Lorehold. Lorehold was my deck, but Matt played that one so that we each got the chance to see every deck, uh, at least one game. So, we had finished the round robin portion. It was on to playoffs. We had set up round robin, every deck plays every deck. One plays four, two plays three, the last place deck is eliminated. Surprisingly, I think to both you and I, um, Witherbloom finished last at 0 and 4. I think it lost of, everything. Part of that was just shitty early games that that couldn't get recovered, and I, me just figuring, oh well, the next one will be better. And there were a couple times where the deck had enough time to get going, and I was like, yes, there's the power that is within this, you know, sack heavy life gain and life drain heavy deck which is kind of classic what i want to be doing um but <coughs> also classic matt is not having enough time to get the shit going why did you hit that what oh my god he's gonna die this is on top of what five beers i haven't had any beer oh my god anyways witherbloom really kind of shit the bed for whatever reason um, I think m my opinion is that it got unlucky, <laughs> and then on top of unluckiness, it just takes a little <sighs> bit too long to get going. I think 
maybe in a four-person commander deck that or <clears throat> commander game that's okay but in a one-on-one where you're trying to be as you know aggressive as possible and and leverage every single position you get waiting for your life gain train to come online doesn't happen quick enough with it and and for a green deck it it really lacked like land play yeah there wasn't a whole lot of ramp in it yeah, I mean, again, luck has something to do with that, and being fucking four plastered, times. and not saying, okay, I'm going to take my free <coughs> mulligan, is pro- probably part to blame, but, you know, you can say that for every single deck that we played. I think, really, it, it, part of it is just, it's a pre-con, and it's not going to have the power that you would necessarily want from the commander deck that you're playing. I will say, mm-hmm. as a caveat to that statement... There are a lot of really good cards and a lot of commander staples in these decks. Yep. <laughs> I remember one of the first games we played was Prismari versus uh, Quandrix, and Eric was fucking pissed off because he never knew what Blasphemous Act was until I played one from, that, from the Prismari deck and just wrecked his board state. It was a very satisfying feeling. But That, that, that won that game, did it? I believe so. <laughs> yeah. And that's 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 the whole point, though, is that it's actually what's nice about these uh, these specific uh, precons for commander. Yep, but <laughs> ones too. Plus forty. There's yeah, there's been a lot of really good commander precons full of staples of the format. So oh. I like the direction that Wizards has been taking with that. I mean, obviously they're trying to milk their cash cow in commander. Oh yeah. But still, oh. it's nice. It's refreshing that they're not uh, making terrible uh, terrible precons and then just hoping that everyone uh, buys them and, and then buys other cards in the secondary market. And and so what had happened with um the uh one-on-one matchups was they call it a staircase round robin because um, there was no variety. Uh, it was zero, one, two, three, four for the five decks. So <laughs> there was a clear hierarchy. There was no variety in the matchups. Uh, in the end, it, what was done was done. So Witherbloom was 0 and 4. Uh, Quantrix was 1 and 3. Wait, it didn't win a single game. It didn't win a single one. That's fucked. <clears throat> so, so Witherbloom was 0 and 4. Quantrix was 1 and 3. So right there, you have the two decks that I think he and I probably thought were going to be two of the strongest decks. Because I think, like, Quandrix, Witherbloom, and Silverquill were thought to be the alphas of this expansion. Yeah. And, and right away, you have two of them only winning a, one game, which is the head-to-head game, because somebody had to win it. And they lost everything else. <clears throat> so that was shocking to begin with. Prismari was 2-2. Two and two. That's not surprising. Uh, Lore Hold was 3-1. and one. Which I would say surprising. Yeah, I would say surprising too. I know, I mean, they were trying to push red-white, like the Boros combo, a little bit. And I know they were trying to give it new tools to be powerful, but I really was not expecting red-white to be the dominant. We thought the two decks with red affiliation would be like the worst two. And then Silver Quill won 4 now. It dominated the thing. Which was which we both assumed. Would yeah, win. it would be at least a three or four win deck and winds up at the top seed. So the way we had it set up, one versus four, so that was Silver Quill versus Quandrix, and then two versus three, Lorehold versus Prismari. Uh, that's where we were Friday when we were done hanging out. Some things went down. COVID showed up. A lot of fucking. Um, and we wound up in a situation where we could... Uh, we had the time, because this was something where we thought, if this really goes off, 
with a with a five deck commander game. Two of us sharing one of them. This shit could go on for four hours. And I think that was actually kind of a naive thought. In a, in, 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 and I'll say why now, real quick. Um, that's This is where we came with the Spike Johnny shit. What, what we were talking about before. <laughs> Eric is an extremely game-minded and competitive person in anything, any kind of competition that you put him into. So right off the bat, anytime we're doing any kind of 2v2 or multiple versus multiple face-off, his strategy, which is arguably the, ulti- uh, the <clears throat> optimal strategy, is to focus both of his powers <laughs> onto the one weaker power that his opponent controls, which is what he employed and which is why I got so fucking pissed off. The bully technique. Yeah, exactly. And it works, and that's why he does it, and it's why he won the ultimate tournament. He was able to draw not a Crosin grip. What's the other? We're one? not even to that point yet. I know, but like, I'm just saying he was he was able <clears throat> to levy the power of his two decks against Prismari, my stronger of my two decks, because and, and even then I would still argue that argue what the stronger of the two. Yeah, and, oh, I mean that game in, showed us. No, the truth. no, no, in, no. In that game, Witherbloom really <clears throat> started to take off. I yeah. would say, yeah. But Eric, I mean, that's what I'm. What what my point is is that he knows how to play the game. So he decided two v two. I'm going to take my two and sometimes my third one, and I'll focus it when possible onto this one deck that's either going to take off or get shit on early. And that's how he ended up winning. And that's why I think ultimately we were a little bit naive to think that this was going to take a long time because if we're both employing or at least one of us is employing that strategy of everybody gang gang up on one deck it's going to go a lot faster than four people all vying for their own well and and part of it is because you've actually played four player decks with four people Mm -hmm. the only time i've played four or five player games is with two people so the whole like Debating and and um, well, yeah, and that's a big part the, of the political part of it that you've talked about. Like that's lost when it's two on two, because any play that would be happening between the decks is only going to happen between the two decks you share. And that's that was versus a big where part if it's it four people and you see a deck getting ahead, when it's two on two, whoever someone's going to have a deck they're sharing with that deck that's getting ahead. So there's the politics right there. Exactly, if not two decks. <clears throat> And and another big part of it too, because it's commander, and because Wizards of the Coast is trying to push that a little bit, mm. push commander exclusive cards. They make a lot of cards in these precons that are like you and a target opponent, or whenever a target opponent does this, then you also right. It's get to pushing do this. it. Exactly. It's pushing that the, the mechanics that, that that play. And on and and sometimes it works out 1v1, but most of the time it doesn't. And so that kind of takes some Cuz it nullifies a lot of the yeah. power cards. Yeah, like the uh the commander for the Silver Quill <clears throat> deck half of its half of it, if not more than half of its whole thing is that whenever one opponent attacks another you know, if there's a life difference, right. It, You're sitting there for four turns. Doing Reaping nothing. the benefits exactly. of someone else's exactly. shit. But in this case, it, it's, it's 1v1, so it's... Yeah, it's it, completely it, lost. It, so, exactly. you know, but we've played 2-on-2 two two games before that have been 
six turns and it's over because somebody ramps into the perfect thing and mm-hmm. somebody has nothing. Yep. Um, but there's been, I think, one of the couple of times that we played the pairs with um, – because the last two expansions, the the Kaldheim and the Commander Legends, those two each had two commanders. We bought them both. Um, and, and one was and just always shared, better like, than the other one. And, and, and when we played the 2-1-2 two two game, th- there were a couple, inevitably, that were quick blowouts. Um, but there was a couple that we played that were like long fucking the dinner sitting here getting cold games. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so... We've seen two on two the politics that go into it, and having that fifth deck was really interesting. And for me, thinking about it before we actually played, like to me, you had to play the two decks, your two decks, and you had to do them right. And that's why we had the one on one tournament beforehand to kind of try to learn them, yeah, and shuffle them at the very fucking least. Um, but to me, one of the biggest things that was going to determine the game was how you played. The Silver Quill deck. Absolutely. And and that did definitely have a huge <clears throat> impact. The, the difference between me losing turn 5 versus turn 3 was my ability to leverage some of the stuff in the Silver Quill deck that Eric may have overlooked in the play. So when we got there, we, we set up and... Oh, sorry. There means our local game store, <clears throat> Titan Games Titan, and Hobbies. Titan, with the Pokemon limit purchase. Fuck oh, em. yeah. We, we got to do the shout out slash fuck them. It's a it's a staple at this point. We love, but we we really so we do went there. You know, story. we we love Beardy and Yoshi and Retard. Oh my god, they do a great job for us. That's his name. No, it's not. So we went there and 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 he. So there's the regular twenty sided countdown die. It's been done. But the numbers go primarily numerically. The, it, each one number is adjacent to its what two. What Eric is trying to get to is fuckers. we have a specific die. It's a die from. It's really random. Yes, it's not it's just a, a randomized D twenty. I have it. It's a metal one too, which is cool. I got that from uh, for for when I was playing D and D. It's good for set. really stabbing your vast difference with. Oh God, yes! It's been too long. I have to pee again. Then go piss, bitch. All right, well then, paint the I'll story. I'll explain it. Paint the story. <laughs> Don't miss any of the details. I'm crunk. Like when I flashed them. <clears throat> the fuck? See, you're already forgetting. So, oh! What oh! Shit. What is that? Oh my god. So, all right, so we, we got it broken down. I've got Prismari. No, I don't. He has Prismari. He has Witherbloom. I've got Quantrix, I've got Lorehold, and then we're going to share Silver Quill, every upkeep, it changes hands, and then you've got to leverage what you've got with that deck to try to make a difference and win the game. So, <clears throat> we typically, we've got this randomized 20-side die countdown, and when we're deciding who goes first in the games, we'll roll the die. If it's odds, I have to go first. If it's evens, Matt has to go first. Um, for this, in this breakdown with these five decks, and, and knowing the potential leverage that the Silver Quill deck could have, we said, all right, here's the rules. Odds are Eric, evens are Matt. We're going to roll the die. Whoever wins the roll has the option of either getting to go first or control Silver Quill first. So you have to decide, okay, am I going to pick one of my two decks and go first? And then let the other person have Silver Quill, or am I going to let the other person take the first turn, 
And I'm going to take that first upkeep with Silver Quill and control that from the beginning. Uh, you get to decide whether it mulligans or not. You get to choose the opening hand. You get it the first time, but you get it at the sacrifice of the first overall turn. And <clears throat> we roll. First thing we get, evens. So Matt has the option to pick whether he goes first with one of his decks or takes the first Silver Quill upkeep. And I picked wrong! So Matt chooses to pick the Silver Quill upkeep first. And Eric fucks me with Quandrix. <clears throat> so we go first. And now this is right out of the gate. Oh and, and this is why this thing from start to finish was so interesting. And why we wanted to do a podcast about it. Right out of the... So we say, whoever wins the roll gets to pick go first or Silver Quill first. Matt wins the roll, he picks Silver Quill first. But then after that, regardless of whether you won the roll or not, you got to pick between your two decks which one got the first turn and which one got the second turn. Uh, so I got the first overall turn, and for that I picked Quandrix. So Lorehold would be going second for me, third overall. And this was the first surprise for me... Him picking Silver Quill in the beginning didn't surprise me, but the next part did. Me going Prismari first? Yeah. Why? And, and it's because when you look at it, like we, like we said earlier, we thought that Witherbloom for him and Quandrix for me would be the power decks. And the other two were just going to be fodder to waste time to buy the other deck. Well, when we, when we first started. Before sure. we even saw anything. Yeah. Like we just saw based off of the color combinations historically and when we've been playing. But that's what it would be. The more we played, I would say Quandrix was my. <clears throat> it was my, the opposite. Yeah. Based exactly. off of the head on. That's why I wanted head to go on, first. You know, the, the one on one. So for, for you, and it's what I saw, like you leaned more into the results of the one on one tournament. Because you were definitely Witherbloom in the beginning. Like, that's going to be better. And then you played it and you saw the other side. Yeah. And I thought all along Quandrix is going to be great and I'm stuck with this piece of shit. Fuck you, whore load deck. Big ass fucking whore load deck. And <clears throat> the records were swapped when we did the, the head on head to head. But you rolled with your results and went Prismari first. I thought, let's go with what is potentially there. And I went Quandrix first. Um, so you mulliganed Silver Quill and Witherbloom, right? I don't remember, but it's the free mulligan, mm -hmm. so it doesn't really right. matter. Um, I think I, I mulliganed Lorehold, I kept Quandrix. Um, so we go into the first turn. Was like, where were you at with each of your decks looking at your, at your hands? Because you don't want to over mulligan and commander because it can be a problem. Generally speaking, the uh, right now where the metagame is, you want to be able to ramp turn two, turn three at the latest. So if you don't have any kind of ramp in your beginning hand, you might want to consider mulliganing. mulliganing. And that's what I did. Uh, it seemed like the Witherbloom deck was going to be fine. It's green, or at least it has green in it, so... It, it was going to be okay. I had enough land in hand at the very least. And then with um, uh, Prismari, blue and red don't really have a whole lot that they can do to get a lot of ramp going early. But there was at least one, if not two, different mana rocks in my hand. So I was like, okay, this is going to be good. This kind of deck needs a lot of mana for late game to just go off. 
So being able to get there sooner seems like a great idea. That was before I knew Eric's Laura Mold hand. And that's and, and I'll uh, try to find the name of that card. Just that's what I think it's Return about. to Dust. Pretty yeah, sure. It might be. It's um, a four mana. It's it's two it's gun colored, two, two white. white, and it is destroy target artifact or enchantment. If this card is played, I think in your main phase you can destroy in the, in the another. Main phase, yeah. And so at that when Eric used it, probably turn four. Yeah. Uh, I had two mana rocks out for my Prismari deck, but I had missed a land drop. So I was like, it's fine, even if I miss a land drop, I've got plenty of mana. And then Eric uses his Lore Hold deck to focus... Both of his decks were focusing in on my Prismari deck, which has no kind of life gain. It just needs to be able to get where it's and, going. And that wasn't enough. even the strategy in the beginning. It was, it, it was like, you did, you ramped that Prismari deck. And Witherbloom really wasn't doing anything. Not yet. Uh, no. You were clearly frustrated with your draws, and you you weren't getting much out of it. You were getting pissed off. I was pissed off when you destroyed... Well, he used Return to Dust on my two mana rocks, and so I went from having five mana turn, like, four or five to three, and I still wasn't drawing any land. Yeah. And then the one card I had that was going <clears> to <throat> be able to get me land, it had a basic land cycling ability... And but, you played it. But, no, I didn't play yeah, it, but I, mean, I was saving it for your commander because it was a damage ability. It was like deal five damage to target creature or one in the red for right. basic land cycling. And uh, I wasn't able to do fucking either. And it was like, so... <clears throat> the the Quantrix hand I had was really like, I can play with this. I need to get a decent draw. And it was kind of the, like, I didn't feel like... Yeah, I've got a fucking win condition in my hand right now. Yeah. But it was good enough to play. Um, the, the big thing with that return to dust card, and we got to pull it out right here. Um, that was not in my opening hand. That was a draw. Yeah, top deck, which is fine, and, and it was a really good one for the scenario. <laughs> and it was just, um, it was one of those things. It was my, my, my fourth turn, so it was the third deck going that turn. And... You know, I put my fourth card down to be able to play it. And typically with cards like this, with these destroy abilities, I would like to save for later in the game when there's more mana down, when you have a better opportunity to play better things. But <clears throat> he had already missed a land drop looking at the order we had been going and the math. And just with where he was, the fact that after that turn he was sitting there with Five or six mana, because I think the one was the one or a soul rock or no? Soul ring. Yeah, I think it was soul ring and acceptance letter. Yeah, so you had six mana <laughs> down after three turns. Um, <coughs> but but two of that was or three of that was bought. So I I I thought and and that's the deck that if it ramps too fast you're screwed. It might not be the the, the best deck, but if it gets ahead of you, and it's going to ramp playing instants and sorceries. And then the expensive card benefit off of already played instants and sorceries. You're screwed. So it's like, all right. It, I it, take care it's a powerful card that you probably want to save for later. But with what he's fucking doing, three turns, four turns in, this needs to be stopped. I mean, it was the perfect, the perfect card to play when he played it. Because, <clears throat> you know, there were only probably like three enchantments or artifacts on the board total. And it was just so good at kneecapping me. Especially having missed, I and I think I think the the next turn or two that I took with that deck missed a land drop after that. So it was yep. just 
it was just so perfectly timed. And, you know, that happens, uh, you know, in a, in a one-on-one game, in a four-on-four game. It'll happen where it's just such a good removal spell, it just completely kneecaps you. And I got really salty. I wasn't, I wasn't you know, throwing anything, but a turn or two later, I did a mini monologue where I was just like, fucking, of course you would get that during this, with all of this going on. And I was just fucking pissed, because we, we thought it was going to be a long-ass game, and then Eric fucking took me out and probably... Six or seven turns, if that. Ugh. I'm trying to find that sorcery with the... Yeah, there it is. What? Um, oh, so, the draw three. Yeah, that's yeah, a good so, one. And, you know, we, we get... Like, after that turn... You know, I had a couple of creatures down. He didn't have any... <clears throat> I, you had the one... Fuck kiln down. Um, fuck kiln? Yeah, whatever it's called. You had that down for uh, Prismari. The one oh, thing there's there's the... one that cre- I had my commander that doubles up mm. on an instant or sorcery triggered ability of creatures, right. and then I had the creature that creates a treasure token every when time you, do you that. cast one. Um, so, God, we've been talking a long time. We have to speed this up. Um, so, <sighs> where was I? Yeah, so I had to slow that shit down. Um, all right, so we'll just go from here. I don't know where it's going to pick up. So, um, Part two. Part two, bitch. Of Strixhaven. Uh, so, turn four is when I play Return to Dust and, and fuck up Prismari. Your response was pretty pretty pissed off. Um, so, at this point now, there was really no... For that deck, there was, wasn't any... Um, I don't think there was any ramp on that. That was like four lands pure. What in for um, for Lorehold? Like I I didn't have a mana rock down for no, that. No, I don't think you did. Um. So, I now the the next turn there after that there was Witherbloom, and it's turn two. That was turn four, so it's an even. So it would have been my turn with Silverquill. Um. Turn five, with Quandrix was really the turning point of the game. I would say the return to dust was the real turning point, but but well because you don't know what what this part of it is. I I uh, turn five with Quantrix, the first turn of turn five. I play Garrick Planeswalker, Garrick the asshole piss off whichever one it is. It creates treasure to or it creates creature tokens. Um, I that was not on my opening hand. That was my second or third turn card. Um, I had in my hand when I accepted that deck was um, the four land cards the first four turns I had and it was two land and two artifacts Um, so on the third or fourth turn when I drew Garrick it was obviously like okay this calls five my commander calls four I have four down guaranteed. I know I can bring my commander in, but in the next turn or two, I need to draw a land. Uh, turn four, I didn't draw a land. So I still made, I put a land down. I'm, I made a play, brought something out, nothing spectacular. But during every next turn, anything that happens from that point on is based off of that draw. Because if I don't draw a land, now I just start to sit and squat on that Garrick. And there were other things in my hand that I could play for three or four mana, but that was like this early in the game, 
having it on like turn four, whatever the hell, this can be the difference. And I drew a forest, and that's when I was able to bring him in. And then commanders, you can plus right away. So my planeswalker, or my commander was already in. Bring in Garrick, plus one, create two, three, three green beasts. The commander has anytime you create tokens, double it. And that was where it really started to get messed up. Yeah, I knew I needed to find some kind of board wipe. I wasn't really hopeful for that for either hand, which is when I was really just like, this This is fucked at this point. Because if I was able to, for whatever reason, like it, it, some grace of God, find a board wipe in either hand, you know, that could have brought me back. But now he's got a planeswalker on top of that, which means even if I wipe the board, he's still got a planeswalker to keep refilling it. So, I was really hoping, I mean, I knew there was a board wipe in uh, at least one in uh, in the Prismari deck because I had played uh, Blasphemous Act in the past, but I didn't know if there was one in Black, in, in the uh, Witherbloom. I was hopeful, but really, I wouldn't be surprised if there wasn't any. I still don't know if there is any in that deck. But at that point, I was just like, okay, I need to be able in these two decks to stabilize, which in this case means spending a lot of resources on his main deck, which right now is Quandrix. So that would... And Garrick Primal Hunter, that's the variation. That would be an, a lot to ask where I was right now, period. But then he's also got an auxiliary deck in his lore hold which was the deck that played Return to Dust. And that was, at this point, really just putting out a creature or two every so often and then swinging me for some damage and then offering... Yeah, I had the creature down that was a two red, one colorless cost... No, two colorless, one red cost creature with haste, three, two. Every time this creature attacks, exile a card, you can play that card until end of turn. And, and that's what I one, started to It would also get at. a 1-1 one, one every time you exiled a card. Something from the graveyard, yeah. Something from your Deck hand. or the graveyard. Um, so if I don't get that forest, I can't play Garrick and start the bullshit as quickly as I can. Um, I had used the haste card on Lorehold to attack Prismari the turn before. And then threw my commander at you. And then that's really where it started to kind of turn. I mean, again, I would say the return to dust was really the thing that hampered me enough that I couldn't really start my board state in my primary deck, which means you could really start to fucking take off. And then again, yeah, when you, when you hit that, and forest, Wither Bloom really wasn't doing anything. At, no, it, Wither Bloom was Early getting what it was getting ready. It had some Ram in its hand, and then it had some strong cards in its hand. But it was a, the earliest ramp I could hit was Cultivate, which is a two colorless, one green. So it was going to take some time to set up, and that was the problem. Quandrix was already away and away, and Lorehold at least had a foothold. And 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 this is again where we talk about Silver Quill having the how you played that was going to make the difference because. Neither I think you may have played one. You played an enchantment. For Silver Quill, I think. I think I played the artifact. Yeah, whatever that was. 
the thing that ultimately was why I stayed in the game a few turns longer than I could have. And and for me, it was like I was playing land because it became evident after like that fourth or fifth turn that I had the upper hand early. And everything that was in Silver Quill's hand was like, fuck a deck that's doing good cards. And defensive shit. And it's like, if I... I can't play these against anything he has because it's going to be underserving it and just going to put a creature on the board that can ruin me. And that's when, you know, I was using the Garrick. I was plussing it up, trying to get it to where it could come in. I think at this point I put down the Quandrix Cultivator, which becomes very important a couple turns from now. Cultivator? Yeah. What do you... What? This guy. He was... Oh, he, this piece he of was, shit. He was in there. I mean, that was really what sealed the fate. Yeah. The copy. So, um, you know, plus in the Garrick was giving me... And then at that point, too, you still didn't have anything down. Um, so plus in the Garrick was giving me creatures now to attack next turn and to defend this turn. So the Garrick wasn't going anywhere. Um, I think it was on this turn here was where you got that flying creature for Witherbloom, which wound up creating problems. But that's where Garrick was really making the difference. Um, now, this was coming off of my upkeep, so I knew what cards were in Silverquill. He took his turn. We had kind of an uneventful round. And, I was setting up in some ways, but... And then it was, I think, like the the seventh turn, I guess, is where... I played what's kind of a seemingly harmless card, and it really is what wound up potentially turning the game as much, if not more, than that return to dust. Um, Which is... the 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 um this this the secret oh. rendezvous that that fucking pissed me off because at that, that point for me I'm kind of a, a fatalist, but at the, at that point for me I already kind of figured the game was over. Yeah, you tried he, to already concede several turns. He he, he played secret <laughs> rendezvous, which is one and two white pips, and it's you and target creature draw or sorry you and target opponent draw three cards, but in this case opponent basically means uh, any other deck. So he was able to draw himself six cards total. And that probably just right. sealed it. And and it's like Quantrix had decent cards in hand. I think it had five. And so if I had drawn three to that, then in two turns I draw a ninth card. One's probably a land. I've got to do something or I have to discard down. And for Quantrix, I liked what I had in hand. And for Silverquill, now if I had been losing, I would have liked what was there. But... The turn before this is when I had played that dumbass artifact that's in Silver Quill, where if somebody attacks unblocked, you absorb that artifact, and then you draw a card in that manner or something. Um, I had put that down just to do something. I had just been playing land with Silver Quill, but no creatures, because every creature had a next upkeep feature, which would have benefited him. Yeah, and likewise. It was a lot of... It was very political. Yeah, it was a lot of posturing with that. So I I played that artifact. um, And... Man, these kids are just fucking... Yeah, fuck these kids! I mean, not literally, Um, but fuck these kids up, maybe. um, So I think... um, On this following turn, you had with Wither... uh, With... Witherbloom attacked Silverquill because you had a attack buff creature and you were in control of Silverquill that upkeep. 
So you attacked it for the gain life and draw a card or whatever. I no no no. I think I played a card that was like. Or you attacked it to gain that artifact. Yes. That what, I what played. I, what I had done that that I think Eric overlooked. He had one of us had played this artifact that is for three mana. It comes into the battlefield and you draw a card. I think and you you can tap it for three of any one color. Right. And it also reads when a target player attacks you and deals combat damage with a creature, they control You it. draw a card, but they take control of it. No, no, no. They draw... No, it's you, you draw... You both. You both... No, you... Whoever, he, they draw a card, or however many cards it is. The person who attacks you. And then also gains control of it. So... I was able to. I don't. I forget who played it, but I was able I put to. That down. But I was able to attack with Witherbloom to take it and grab that, which was excellent because then it meant that I had access to three more mana of any color. Which again, that that deck takes a little bit of time to right. to set up, but once it's set up, it can fucking go, 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 and that's what was again what was able to keep me in the game for another round or two before really just being absolutely destroyed. But that was the, you know, a distraction because the turn where he could have flown a thri- thrown a flyer at me, he took an artifact and then I was able to use that secret rendezvous, give it extra cards after it already had an extra card for something that happened, then draw a card and I was able at that point, I'm sitting there with my upkeep of Silver Quill, and it has 12 cards in hand. I know I'm not going to put down a land, I'm not going to do anything, I'm going to sabotage this turn to discard as many cards as I can, and get rid of all of the fuck you cards that, if I was down, would have been great, but knowing where the game was, I needed to get rid of. And there was one particular one, I think it was maybe a new card for Commander specifically, it was a black-white... Uh, and then three colorless, I believe, with a creature that read something like, you can destroy all creatures when it comes into play, or you can do something else. But yeah, it's, it's all fucked. It, I think it was, no, I think it was, you can vote, uh, starting with you. There was a couple of those. Yeah, I think, I think it was starting with you, who I, you, you can vote, and then whatever the vote is, you either destroy all creatures or do something else. And if I had control of that deck, I then would have had the majority vote, so I would have voted all three, destroy all creatures, and at that point I would have hoped to use one of my flyers to get in and destroy Garrick, so then I could wipe the board completely. Um, But Eric was able to pick what he wanted to sabotage that turn and then discard everything else, including that creature. Uh, And so then, at that point... Silver Quill was really just a dead hand for me, the the person who was trying to claw their way back into the game. It, it just became another frustrating end to the game for me. It was just, oh, look, a hand full of nothing that does absolutely nothing for anyone. At the very least, it makes his position better. So, and But it was at the... So we destroy... We, we give Lorehold, which needed cards, some cards... And then explode the hand of Silver Quill, and then just discard all the bullshit. Um, Quanrix didn't really have much to do the next turn. Prismari was just a sitting duck at that point, um, getting attacked by all the uh, Garrick beasts that were coming in. Um, but it was once once 
he had gotten that dumbass mana rock artifact shit that he stole from Silver Bloom. I think it was the following, or Silver Code, the following Wither Bloom turn. You you put down like thirty fucking things. Yeah, and, and almost that's what fucked I meant. up the board. I put down. Uh, hold on, sorry. Uh, oh, I put yeah. down like I put down greed. I put down put a couple creatures, um, and it, and that's when I was like, okay, m- at the very least, I'll be sportsmanlike and try and play this out and see what Witherbloom can do, because I knew that it was going to be a lot of life gain, and so even if it was going two and a half versus one and a half at that point maybe there was still a chance where I could do some kind of crazy outmaneuvering. And if you could just gain life, you have that enchantment down with pay a black and two life and draw a card. Uh, yeah, that's greed. And and that's what was really good. I had I had access to a lot of cards if I wanted to pay life, but I had enough life gain in the deck built in that that was okay. I could use it. But I also had a pretty full grip, too. So it was just like, what... What, how am I going to leverage this decent position against his dominant position? Um, what the f- There's two more of those local beauty. How is there no more of the... Bo- is there really no more of that? What? That? No, there's only- two. Okay, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so it was, it was the next turn for me. Well, that's the turn where you played that enchantment on Witherbloom and fucked Garrick to death. It was yeah. It was I had no, 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 my... It wasn't the enchantment. It was the, I played Loxodon Warhammer and equipped it to one of my flyers, which gave it like plus yeah, three, fuck. plus O, oh, and lifelink. Because I had my Garrett comes in at three. I had plus one at three times. Its ultimate is six. I hit it once before, and then I hit it, and and then you killed it. Yeah. Because you you whatever you did it to the fucking mm. um, uh. Witherbloom Commander, you you fucked it. That's that's the uh, sidebar. I don't. I'm good. Okay. Sidebar. <laughs> sidebar. The two Witherbloom commanders. <laughs> the two Witherbloom commanders kind of suck, <laughs> and the two Silverquill commanders honestly kind of suck too. At least at the very least on a one v one, but just in general, I think they're not that great. The 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 main one, the flyer with the political decisions, is probably. A, more fun with the four person. Quandrix game. and Prismari have the best commanders. Quandrix and then Prismari's secondary, the Varen Voice of Duality, which is the one I think driving up the price, are both yeah, they're both fucking broken. If you're uh, somebody who likes to build a tokens deck, which green is probably one the token token deck. White is is also up there, but green is good the because token. it can make a lot and then it can double the tokens and token. also pump them a lot easier than we can yeah uh yeah that one is pretty fucking strong and then the other one veer and voice of duality i mean it's so easy in a is it deck to make like cantrips eat my dick cantrips that we don't <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> It's so easy to play low-cost cantrip spells that, that kind of trigger yep. the spells in Magecraft and whatever. Yep. And so when you have something that doubles up Fuck. those, it's just ridiculous. So those two decks, again, we kind of thought would be the powerhouses. And, they, and this is were. now, I'm looking for this other one here with the Metalcraft, because that was another card that really... Oh, uh, yeah. 
that's the thing. The, the Laura Hold, the couple times I played it, it felt like it had a lot of potential, but I just wasn't getting the cards and the sequencing that I needed for it to pop off with all the different artifact yeah. and artifact creature triggers. Oh, yeah. But when Eric pl has played it, it's just been like, yeah, I got all the shit that I need to play here, and I'm going to shit down your throat. And that's what happened, and then he won the fucking tournament with it. Well, where the fuck is that card? Probably in your butt. Well, that's the commander. What, your butt? Yeah, yeah, my butt's the commander. That's controversial. Mm. Is it Mindstone? That's the other fucking thing that pissed me off. All of the times he's played this oh, Jorn, dick, he's been Jor, Kadeen, the Prevailer. Is the... Yeah, that card. Yeah, fucking, creatures you control oh. get plus three, plus zero, as long as you control three or more artifacts, which is what I had. Um, but it was the next turn where I played Replication Technique, um, <clears throat> which has Demonstrate... Uh, when you cast a spell, you may copy it. If you do choose an opponent to also copy it... So he could choose himself. Players may choose new targets and create a token that's a copy of target permanent you control. Um, so I chose Quandrix uh, Cultivator, which has... You may search your library for a basic forest or land card, put it in the, onto the battlefield, and shuffle. Uh, it's a 3-4, so it's already um, a pretty solid card. And then I also had my commander down, which has... Uh, uh, double the amount of tokens you create if you would create a token that turn. Uh, so with that, uh, being able to use Demonstrate and do it twice, and then having that, uh, whatever you call it, uh, uh, to let you do it twice that turn, I uh, was able to create four Quandrix Cultivators, uh, so that would be four land that come to the battlefield untapped, uh, adding to the mana pool. Um, at that point, Garrick had already been destroyed, uh, with his Witherbloom creature the previous turn, thanks to the attachment that went on to it and, and took care of business, but I was able to bring in Quandrix Cultivator, which gave me more creatures on the battlefield. Uh, at that point, we were able to attack and defeat, uh, Prismari. Which then immediately, since it was alternating turns from Quantric, Prismari, Lorehold, Witherbloom, Silverquill, it went right from me to me, then Witherbloom. Matt continued to build some stuff up, um, but at that point we got the Silverquill. There wasn't a whole lot that he could do. Uh, we come back to Prismari at that turn, uh. and and after those last turn, it was his turn as. Witherbloom, and then his turn as, uh, his turn as, um, Silverquill, he didn't have, uh, anything that he felt that he could make a difference with, uh, he conceded at, at that point, um, successfully, just, just because it seemed like it wasn't going to go anywhere, successfully conceded, um, but then I also had, um, the card, uh, even if he didn't concede, uh, I had the card Biomass Mutation, which is an X, green or blue, green or blue. Creatures you control have base power and toughness XX until end of turn. Uh, at that point, I was able to make X8, so I would have had 13 8 8 creatures, uh, even with what Matt had been able to throw down for Witherbloom, uh, with what life Witherbloom had left and. 
Silver Quill, I would have been able to kill both. Uh, it would have been just us playing my two decks against each other at that point, and um, it was over from there, and that was it. I think what I've decided as we've done this podcast is what we should do next with these, because we do both really enjoy playing these decks. <gasps> we should randomize it to the point where we each get another two random ones, and then there's a third... Or, I'm sorry, a fifth. Uh, so we just take that random 20-sided die. We can do that, yeah. And we assign each of the five decks, 1 through 4, 5 through 8, 9 through 12, 13 through 16, 17 through 20, and we roll until each person gets a deck and that's theirs. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, so it, it was interesting for me because with these five decks, there's 500 cards. And, and to me, between a sorcery... And an instant for lore hold, and a commander, and a planeswalker, and like a creature in an instant for prism, uh, for Quantrix. There was like six cards out of 500. Like 1% of this determined it. And that's what's crazy about commander. Yeah, that's the... Is because yeah. if I don't draw that land on turn five, if I don't draw that bullshit instant, you know, when I do, uh, this goes a completely different way. Uh, Wither Bloom, you know, if I don't decide to make that play and put that stupid fucking artifact down, Wither Bloom doesn't have shit, and it could be over sooner. Um, but it, it's just amazing for five decks, two people, three different allegiances. Out of 500 cards, there's like 1% of it that really determined that whole game. Yeah, and that's the thing with Commander. I haven't played, because I've been doing a lot of Brawl on Arena, I haven't played like a standard 60 card, 4 max, non-basic land deck in a long time. And I really do enjoy that format, I've just been enjoying Brawl a lot more. But there's just so much of a difference between that, uh, you know, a Ford card kind of format and a Singleton format. And that's why card draw is so much more important in Commander and in Brawl, it's, like Eric said, you you could have, you know, a Skute Swarm with a bunch of different mutate creatures in Ramp and just, within one or two turns, decide the entire fate of the game. Or you could have no card draw and just be top-decking lands and that's it for you. But because he was able to get that land, because he was able to get those different top decks with the Garrick and the Return to Dust, the game ended very differently. than. And just, did. you know, again, the Silver Quill strategy. Oh, you know, that was very fun. I really enjoyed uh, ha- that. You know, have, yeah, having that, because we've talked about, you know, like he just said, there's no reason why we can't play another five card, you know, five deck game again, but completely randomize everything. Um, just to see what happens. Um but for me, that was something that I really thought about a lot before we went into this, was the strategy for that third deck. Because to me, that was really what was going to determine it. Um, you can get whatever you were going to get with year two, but how you fucked with that other deck um, was, was important. Um, and obviously, Matt thought it was important too, because he chose getting the first upkeep on that over going first. And I I don't disagree with it. I mean... When you have that many decks and it's commander, one turn isn't going to determine that game. Um, 
but just seeing and as we've randomized it and we're playing different ones that's obviously going to create a difference but um for me i needed to throw the lands down to make sure it had the affordability if i got fucked later in the game but being able to just throw away so many things that he could have turned the game with is what you know those you know and that's why i said damage wise quandrix won the game you know, Lorehold was doing those three or four damage each turn, but it was all of the beast creatures and the commander from Quandrix that defeated everything. Mm-hmm. You had, what, 120 life? It probably took at least 90 of it. Lorehold didn't do much damage-wise, but it's those two Lorehold cards that that turned everything. It It ruined your Prismari ramp, and it threw away your backup plan. So for me, that's why it was kind of hard to pick which one really was the bigger contributor. Oh, I would, uh, yeah, I I definitely get that. But Quadrix was just, it was, I would say it was the bigger of the two because without Quadrix, you've just got this half, you know, I'm I'm messing with you half. I'm trying to get to a good point where I can attack you. Quandrix is just like, I'm going to fucking make an amazing board and just plow through. And there wasn't enough board wipe sweepers in the world at that point for me, at least in this universe of five decks. And obviously Eric controlled two and a half of them. He wasn't going to play a sweeper when he was getting a bajillion damage worth of beast (laughs) tokens on his side. Quandrix, at least in 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 that iteration of the game... I would say was the bigger contributor. It just, it just multiplies, and that's kind of always what yeah. Simic wants to do. But this is literally in that. like the text of it. It's all about the math and about you know multiplying and shit. And and, and, and the one thing for me, like I think that every college except Lorehold is true to its color. It has the variance to it. Yeah. But Lorehold is the only one, like. Quandrix is a blue-green deck. Blue-green, one Silver Quill is a black-white deck. Yeah. Like, they're all what they are, but Lorehold well, well, say... is an artifact deck that happens to have a red-white commander. It's, a, it's an artifact recursion deck. It's, it's the only one that its commander is the color it is for the sake of other things. The other four are that color with cards playing to it. Yeah, I would say you're right. That's a very good description. Because it's like, that's that's not... Like, to me, a red-white deck is, let's get cheap crap down there as quickly as possible that has haste and lifelink. Artifacts and uh, auras. And, 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 and auras, enchantments, artifacts, like, all that stuff. It's, let's let's do quick, cheap damage with lifelink and then throw a bunch of six-cost flyers at you and, and fuck you. Um, and that deck doesn't do that at all. Uh, because out of the two of us, you've been much more like colorless inclined than I have. You because have that, artifacts are broken. You have that one artifact deck that I can't beat, um, and it's just it's one like for me. A lot of times when I would separate all my cards when we would get a new expansion, I would do it by color, and all the artifacts I would just throw off to the side and not even use. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why it was so surprising for Lorehold, for me to even be able to play it, because one, I've been hating on red so much. And even as much as I've liked white and red, I've never liked white-red. It's never worked for me. Um, and then for that to do what it did, and then it was the following day, 
uh, when we finished up the one-on-one tournament. Uh, Silver Quill took a shit on Quandrix. What's that one card, the bullshit instant, that doesn't cost anything and blocks all the damage and creates flyers? Uh, it, it, it costs five. Um, Ink Shield, I think? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ink Shield, which I think, I wouldn't necessarily call it a new staple, but I would definitely call it a new kind of niche blowout card introduced into the Commander format. It's three colorless, one black, one white. One uh, bullshit. Yeah, one part bull. It's twenty part bullshit. Uh, it is prevent all damage. An instant. It's an instant. Well, I mean, it would have to be because otherwise it wouldn't right. make any sense. It's an instant that said that reads prevent all damage that would be done to you this turn, or at least all combat damage. I believe. Um, yep. Create that Dead many. Ready. That many. Not attacking creatures. That, that many, many damage. damage. Which, think about going up against a green deck that plays a Craterhoof Behemoth with a, a bajillion damage. You, you know, a it's 16, a, enough 16 damage creatures. to kill you four times over. Create that many. 2 1. 2 1 Inkling creature tokens, which. Flying! Flying Inkling creature tokens, which, mind you. Especially in in any kind of deck that you're going to put this in, but especially this deck, it's all about you know g- giving buffing those and and giving right. tokens more. There's already something damage. down that makes it more than what it is coming so in. So you get that many two one flying creature tokens. So you double the damage you're receiving. So basically, if it comes back to you, you're going to kill everyone. everything. It's ridiculous, and I love it, and it's the timmiest card, I think, in this entire set. Because I, I was building, in the 1-4 matchup, the 4-0 Silver Quill versus 1-3 Quandrix. I was building a bunch of creatures. I had that one level power card um, that I was leveling up, and I had my commander active, so I was doubling the amount of bullshit. And then I swung a bunch at you where I had enough. That was work. another. I'm sorry to interrupt. That was another. That was kind of a small mini game that we were playing. That one creature that you can level up because at one point I attached. Wait, no, that was a different. That was yep. a different game. Yeah, that was still interesting though. Right. Sorry. Go back. To and what and it was like I had at that point I think eight creatures down. Uh, because I went from like level two to level six in one turn because I got a bunch of stuff down and then just blew it out. Um, but I swung, you played that ink shit fuck, and... No, I didn't. Not that game. Yeah, that was that one. I didn't play the... In- no, I didn't yes. play... No, the- and the one-on-one. Oh, and the one-on-one. I'm sorry, one-on-one. Yeah. Because that's when I had enough to swing to damage you enough to fuck you the next turn, but you played ink shit fuck, and then I was doing like 24 to you that turn. So that's 48 damage. I already had damage. I had no way to block 16 yeah. flyers. And that's, that's and the that crazy thing, And that was it. Quandrix was fucked. It's still... It's... The craziest part about it, they're flyers. They're 2-1. It's not even 1-1 one, one soldiers. You know, they're 2-1 like flyers. That, eno- that would be enough. You're doubling the output you're receiving. And, and they're flyers, aerial. so they have evasion. So, so no, basically, no matter what, it's you over. win the game. So Silver Quill wins that, and what had changed, like, whereas during the round-robin phase we were playing the opposite deck, and the playoffs we were playing our own decks. So Matt eliminates my deck, that goes to the end, 
Uh, we have Lorehold versus Prismari, two versus three. Lorehold beat Prismari in the head-to-head. We suspected the same here. And I think you had the upper hand in that one, like in the first two or three turns. I played a couple cards, it was over, and Prismari just got fucked out of that one as well. I will say the interesting thing about this entire tournament, we they were all one-offs. There was no best-of games that we played, yep. and I think... I mean, I kind of, I think that I kind of think that's fine in this format, just because that's so much fucking shuffling <laughs> and nonsense, and it can really be so different game to game. So it's, I think, it, but if we were to do it again, maybe doing a best of three at least in the finals or something would be appropriate. which we typically do. Yeah, but just because Commander can last so long, yeah, we avoided. Um, can you imagine if we did the best of? Like five or six or so. it's best of something for those initial commitment. No. The five commit. Oh. oh god, we would be there for a couple. It days. would never finish. It would be like it would Kramer, never Kramer and and fucking Newman from Seinfeld with their game of risk. They'd have to suspend it mm. and then make sure that the other person didn't touch the other's board state. So we wind up with Lorehold versus Silverquill in the finals. Um, Wait, <laughs> no. Yes. The one on one. Oh, you're right. I played Silverquill. Um, so Silverquill at this point was five and zero. Lorehold was four and one. They only lost. It's one game against Silverquill. Which really, again, ah. I think I, I don't know about you, but Lorehold making it that far. Poor load. And your attempt and winning <laughs> is still crazy to me. And and I think it's just because I mean it's a completely different expansion, so it, it's hard to judge. Set me on fire and kill me. Okay. Please eat it. Are you made out of gasoline? I hope so. My oh, God, I'm going to come. Um, we, we get to the final, and this is another... This was a... Like, it, it's it's about time, because a lot of times our best matches are not the finals. But I think this one, when you think about the 13 games we played, the 10 and the round robin, oh. the two semifinals and the final, the best game we played was the last game. Because that came down to... Neither of us had a lot of life left. You mean the Lord of Hold versus Silver? Silver, yeah. And I had a couple different ways that I could leverage artifacts to buff some shit to kill you. And you had some instants that could cause some problems if I didn't have Vigilance. <sighs> and in the end, I mean... We, we yeah, really that, was, that was the big We really one. should have played like a 2 out of 3 or 3 out of 5. Because in the end, they both wind up 5 and 1. With their one being the two games against each other. Yeah, why didn't we? Maybe we should. And we should, and we can revisit it. We can do whatever we want. We can stick the commanders in our butthole sideways. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, but in the end, the the one on ones, uh, Lorehold won that. Yeah. Um. So it was, you know, again, you know, just having played both of them and looking at the fact that one deck had an instant and a sorcery, and one deck had a planeswalker and a commander that won the game. You can really leverage and, and say, well, what's more important, the damage or the bullshit? And then Lorehold wins the one-on-ones. And then I told you, like, I, I had wanted, after I found MTG Shop, shout it out, go look it up, and then fuck them, like Titan. Love and hate at the same time, bitches. Fucks. Cause. Um, you know, I found those... I like Strixhaven. It's probably it's it's the coolest one in a while, um, and the fact that they have like the it's not just the Boros and Simic and like all the existing shits that are there. It's new colleges for them. They had shirts and stuff for each college. That was kind of cool. 
fuck Harry Potter. Um, but more specifically, fuck J.K. Rowling. Yeah, bitch. Um, so, but my expectation was at the very least we'd each probably win one. One of us would win the one on one. One of us would win the five fuck. Um, we didn't, unfortunately. Um, but we're still gonna get some bitching shirts out of it <sighs> because I think in the end, you know, this is the first time in many, many, many uh, expansions. But white, red, white and red. You know, I've always liked white, but red has fucked me over the last several expansions to the point where I'm gay. What? And, um, you know, this is like a reunion with with Lorehold, uh, with all due respect to what uh, Quandrix did damage-wise in that five-match shit. Um, I went with the Lorehold t-shirt because... Well, it won. It won both. And um, you like red white. I think you just need to get back to your red roots and, and, and look into But red that. has been so poo. Yeah, but... Um, this different. is the first time where I feel happy to play red again. And I tell you what, it feels so good. It's annoying. It feels so good. Um, uh, but we decided to give Matt the Silver Quill Allegiance because, um, you know... My within, tongue is good. Within the first like four to six months of us playing the game, you know, I was way more white red than anything, and, and if anything, red white. Like red was my primary. I'm over here fucking around with elves and squirt spitters. Um, so goblins. so it's been uh, yeah, goblins, not elves. Fuck elves. Um, so it, you know, it's been a long, you know, since day one, a love affair with goblins and red. And and it's really dissipated over time, um, so it was nice to see it again. That's why I went with that shirt, because um, it was there for both. Quandrix did a great job. I, I I still would like to like blue green more, but I don't. Um, I like the shirt. I like the nope shirt. It's hilarious. Classic. But um, it's just a little bit of both. Like I just I can't get down with either. So. Um, but I think we're going to have, you know, so, you know, more, uh, Strixhaven tournaments. I'm going to put together probably a three-way tournament. We talked about doing three commander deck games where one-on-one with a shared one, you know, a mini version. That would be fun too. Yeah. Um, that would make, that would, that would be good too, because it would really force the need to use the, the, the yeah, it, it's, it's a more, that one has more of an effect. Uh, and it's a different one each time, you know, so uh, probably that. So, But, but Strixhaven's been a lot of fun, and I think that these were two of the better uh, tournaments we've had. And, um, you know, it was... We can do bigger scale ones, you know, rotate the decks like we talked about. You know, we can go to Titan once a week and do one of these random fucking things and see what happens. Um, and it would be fun, because I really like these decks. Um, but, you know, for me, I, I know it was... Sitting across, obviously, was incredibly frustrating uh, for the opponent. Um, but it was fun to win at least the five-person game. Uh, the one-on-one was just a bonus. Um, I was really expecting to lose the 5-1-5, so I was hoping to win the one-on-one. Um, so for it to way the w- go the way it did, it was fun. But um, it's cool to have some commanders that I don't fucking hate so we can play commander so he doesn't rape children. Oh, my God. Fucking relax. <laughs> Ugh. <coughs> Playing against Eric when he knows what he's doing is a very frustrating thing. It's so uncommon, though. It's so uncommon. 
Yeah, I would agree with it, with him though. That Strixhaven, uh, aside from being a soft reboot of Harry Potter, has really been a knockout of the park. Even even, I mean, I like the flavor of it. I haven't really looked deep into the lore, but I re- I just enjoy even if it is kind of like a a low key copy of Harry Potter. It's still really interesting and fun. And they have their own identity for all of the different colleges. So Separate it, from the color, like that color identity. They, yeah, and that's the really cool thing about its introduction to the game. It's not a, a literal IP crossover like the Lord of the Rings or or uh, right. Warhammer nonsense. It's it's just their own version of it, so they can really do whatever they want. And, and hopefully, like, we'll see the five primary colleges. Like, the opposite of this. Like, these are the five enemy colors. Yeah. You know, so maybe we'll see, Allied. you know, what, white, white green, white blue. I, I red, don't know. Red blue, I... or red, red black. You know, we'll see the other five colleges. And, like, how they had, what was it, like, the, the Ravnica the Allegiance guilds, and the, the Guilds of Ravnica. Yeah. Like, you know, you have the opposite sides of that, like the this and that. Like, let's see this time next year that expansion be the other five, the the Alliance Colleges. And then let's see a battle of the Alliance. Let's see an entire expansion that's just multicolored cards to all of those. That would be considered a a block, which would be really interesting. But it wouldn't be like a block block. It would be like an expanded block. Yeah, because because it's it's over time. Yeah. Um, but you know, and then they why not give the other five color combinations, you know, a, a variant college because this is not the way a Boros deck would fight, and this is not the way a Simic deck would fight. There's some similarities, but not exactly. Yeah. Um. So, like I said, I mean, this might be the deck that makes me, you know, want to have sex with White Red again, um, because it worked out. I'm, like I said, I mean, I've never been a duo color deck person. Um, Just silly. But if there was one that I would build based off of our first few months, it would have been white red, even oh. though I pooped on it. The first multicolored deck I ever did was white black. That's why we shared what we did. But um, <clears throat> a lot of fun. I think there's still a lot of Strixhaven fun to come. Uh, more discussions to fuck a fuck a fuck a fuck. And, yeah. um, you know, that's. That's where it is. So, you know, in in the end, um, what's your take on the colleges? How do you feel about them? I enjoyed it. I want to experience Wither Bloom a little bit more, see what that really has to offer. It's not fun in Brawl, but I think, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of the cards have potential in the actual world of EDH rather than just the standard Brawl availability. Um, yeah, because even without that artifact from Silver Quill, you have that one turn and you just did like 3,000 fucking things with, with Willow Bloom. And if I miss one of those two cards from Lore Hold or I miss that land draw on Quandrix, you do that shit next turn and it's all, and I'm fucked. Yeah, and, and I mean, uh, like, again, Mitch from that, uh... Bitch <laughs> podcast. The Commander's... Quarters or what? What? Yeah, whatever it is. Um, what is it? I don't know. Why do you ask me? The I don't fucking know. Quarters. I, I forget. But the dicky dicky blug blugs. I don't think that's it. That's what it um, is. But but he had a video recently. 
Where he pooped all over the keyboard. Nope. Where he talked oh. about new new two card commander combos, uh, and and Dina is a really good example from Witherbloom about why I'm excited. It's Dina is a new uh, legendary creature, and it's a legendary uncommon creature. It's not a, a rare or a mythic rare, but it's uh, every time it, it has an uh, an ability. Every time you gain a life. And all opponents lose one, and then it's got some kind of sacrifice. You gain X plus X plus zero, where X is the creature's um, sacrifice, creature's toughness, or power, or whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But that plus exquisite blood is a two-card <coughs> two combo. <coughs> and that's the exact kind of thing that I like doing with black and green. But it's new, oh. and it's different, and it's interesting. And, uh, again, I really still think black-green is maybe even the strongest of all of them if it gets a strong enough start, which is why I want to play it some more and see what it really can do. Yeah, it's, um, I'm surprised, um, because honestly, after playing those 10 one-on-ones, despite what we had seen, like, I still felt like Witherbloom was going to win the tournament. Like, as I was driving there that day when we agreed last second that morning to play it, it's like, we may, it might be tight enough to where we each kill one, and we're sitting there with Silver Quill fucking around, and it's one-on-one. Um, but having played, like, because that last game of the tournament where it was, you picked Prismari. Because the last two games we played head-on-head were our two decks head-to-head. And we got to pick which one we played. Um, I picked... Quandrix to try to learn it a little bit more since Lorehold had been doing well. You picked Prismari because it had been doing better, and you were like, well, fuck Witherbloom. I probably had a win condition in my hand with Witherbloom, but I played it like ass just so it wouldn't knock my own Quandrix out of the playoffs. Um, and it made me sad because that it's was so the good. second game it's, you played. Yeah, I got to play played. it twice. Oh, the second time Because it, it got shit on against Silver Quill. Yeah. But I didn't want to beat you in that one. I probably could have, but it wasn't advantageous. Oh, um, that's so lame. Really? You gotta know. You really played it that way? Oh, hell yeah. Well, no wonder. That's um, so lame. That's so lame. That changes the... Okay, now we definitely have to play it again objectively. Don't... Oh, that's so lame. See? A spike to the bitter end, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Gotta get my Fucking shit in. sandbags my decks again. Wow. You're the one so who said... You're the one who said, I'm gonna take Prismari because Witherbloom's done. It's like, well, if he feels that way, why do I care? Well, because you made me think that... Uh, 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 That's uh, what it was. Uh, 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 if it had uh, won, it would have potentially... I mean, Lorehold would have won anyway, but... Um, nah. So, yeah. Um, Cheating. Dumb. No, strategic. But... Um, but, like, Wither Bloom was the one I was afraid of, and it's, it's the one that put up a fight. Um, I'm, I'm still in denial that red-white is that strong, but like I said, I, I think it's the only one that's, that's not a red-white commander. It's an artifact commander. It's an artifact deck with a red-white commander. Like, it's just... It's fucking well, off. I mean, red, red and white both dabble in artifacts an okay amount, but it's not... Not like that. Yeah, it's not... Especially not like... Because there's that one card that has pull every artifact out of your graveyard. Yeah. 
It's very, it's very, especially, oh. especially for This is a black deck. Yeah, exactly. Especially for red, it's got a lot of recursion. Like, white has some naturally. Like, Lorehold not... is the Witherbloom deck. Yeah. It has more graveyard shit than. Because the commander has it. Yeah. That was my second win condition if you tried to fuck me on the last turn of that one on one deck. Um, so that's in there. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, we, we got more stuff to play here. I think a three game commander, whatever, you know, we'll figure out how to do that. Um, there's a lot still here to offer for Strixhaven, but you know, in the end, I think our, you know, we'll wear our shirts proud and loud, like fucking homos. What and, are you and, t- oh, God. Um, Why do you want people to not listen to this? I don't have any problem with homosexual gays. Homosexual um, gays. Gotta let them both know what's up. Um, Idiot. You know, so... Um, I think after this, he's very much proven a silver quill. Um, Witherbloom has its ability, but... He's probably a better white black than I am, even though I'm going to say fucking white, kick his ass in with Witherbloom now, just to prove a point that it's a good deck. And Lorehold uh, will rise above. No, it won't. God, because Nazi. Jesus. White, white, red are there forever. Holy fuck. Um, and that's where we're at. So I just want to say, everybody, go fuck yourself. What? <laughs> You're all pieces of shit. Um, Holy fuck. We thank you so much for listening. 